Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. To Henry. Quick snap. Breeze. Pass is incomplete. No flag for Tommy Lee Lewis. Got him. Now I know that for a lot, a lot of you people out there, we had a great week, whether it's because you won your fantasy football championship, or it was because you're a Rams fan, or or it's because you were one of the lucky people to fall overboard at FedEx Field and build a touch channel and hurts. I don't know, man. I don't know, but I know for sure that not only is there a lot of happy campers out there, but there's also people like me that might have come up just short in fantasy and lost out in the money league. Or if you're a fan of the Texans for a reason, because I mean, I don't know why I'm picking guys on picking on you guys specifically. You're almost always bad, but I'm very sorry. Um, at the least, David Mills is the second best rookie quarterback of his draft class apparently and i don't think any one of us saw that coming but ladies and gentlemen we just got through week 17 of the nfl season and for the first time ever we're looking forward to a week 18. right now you know at least for me i've got the snow outside it's piling up it's not as cold it's that best time of the year and it's time to really delve in to everything that we witnessed this week. But of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Happy Wednesday if you guys are catching this on drop day. If not, no worries. We still love you. And so happy fill-in-the-blank day of whenever you're listening to this. And it doesn't really matter what day you listen to this because it's always a great day to tune into fourth and long. But we got a few things to take a look at here, ladies and gentlemen. I know, of course... The main thing we're going to talk about, his name is going to pop up a few times here today, is Antonio Brown. Because if he hasn't lost it before, this is the pinnacle of Antonio Brown right here. The Bengals had a huge preview game against the Chiefs, and they absolutely exceeded any and all expectations for themselves. Hunter Renfro and Mike Tomlin need to be talked about a little bit more than also... Ooh, Giants fans, at least you are finding a newfound respect because Mike Lennon, not great. Jake Fromm, not great. Daniel Jones, probably the only reason that you guys are not winless at this point. But before we hop into things, of course, starting us off with the winners and losers of Week 17 of the NFL season, just a couple housekeeping items. Of course, uh, we just dropped our big, and for all you Australian rules football fans, all right, we just dropped our 2021 draft breakdown on Monday. Go ahead, check that one out. We were joined by the great Peter Williams of Rookie Me Central. Of course, he has been watching these draftees for years now, super knowledgeable on the on the draft, on the players, on the prospects. So he had a lot of great stuff to talk about. So please go ahead, check that out. Of course, that's it. The fourth and long.com forward slash AFL. Then of course our UFC 2021 award show is coming up. That goes down this week, dropping on Thursday. So that's gonna be a great time. Uh, it was a hell of a year. For UFC MMA and so we're going to have a lot to talk about of course bring your fan awards into it as well it's going to be a great one you don't want to miss that and we got some interviews coming out right now of course just dropped with huge um, interviewer and also journalists within the industry um, Steve James Irvine go ahead check that one out we had a great convo about look, taking a look back 2021 some huge breakout fighters the best moments of the year and some of the best interviews that he and the best people that he's spoken with so please go ahead check that one out of course that's at the fourth and forward slash MMA but let's hop into things ladies and gentlemen because let's uh, dilly dally we're heading in to the last week of the NFL season, so I had to make sure you guys are prepared with everything that went down in week 17. So we're going to get into our winners and losers here, and the first winner of the week has to be Jamar Chase, because he ripped off a 69-yard touchdown, 
Nice. A 72-yard touchdown and absolutely torched the living hell out of that Chiefs secondary, which has actually been playing pretty well recently. Did not look great in this one. Joe Burrow torched them, and Jamar Chase, I swear, Jamar Chase's open field speed and breakaway speed is just nothing but ridiculous because it was on the 72-yard touchdown. He was surrounded by, like, what, four Chiefs defenders, three of them trailing him, and the space he put between them, him and him and the defenders, within the span of 15 yards was, was just crazy. I... Dude's fast. Dude is really freaking fast. Um, so I guess he runs like a tiger. Or I, I guess Bengal, but tiger. It, wait, is a tiger a Bengal or is a Bengal a tiger? I don't quite know. So we're just going to move on here. Uh, <laughs> and he's not only, I mean, he, he's pretty much a shoe in at this point, in my opinion, for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, he's breaking all sorts of stats. I think him, in, it's really one of those kind of really specific stats, but it still tells a story. Um, him and Joe Burrow are now the they have the most yards between a quarterback wide receiver that went to the same college. I, I think that's what it is. And then also he set the most the record for most yards as a rookie. And dude's crazy. Dude's just really freaking good at the football. So I love how preseason we went going from hearing reports that, oh, he doesn't like the NFL ball because it doesn't have the white lines and can't see well to you know what we just saw in, in on Sunday. Uh, that's why you take every single news report with a grain of salt. All right. Now, the next winner I want to talk about is going to be another rookie, and that is a 49ers quarterback, Trey Lance, because he looked really good this week after a early pick, and he was only playing because Jimmy Garoppolo was injured, and they need a, a big performance from Trey Lance here. I know it's you could say it's just the Texans, but the Texans have knocked off good teams. For for some reason, I don't know how they've been able to do that, but they have. The Texans just don't make sense, apparently. But this was a big game for the 49ers because they're still right there in the hunt. They haven't secured a playoff spot yet, and they can still miss out. So this was a key game. They need to win this game. They need a good performance to Trey Lance, and Trey Lance brought a good performance so they could win this game, all right? And he's, he's going to be a better choice than Jimmy Garoppolo, all right? Um... Garoppolo just is not that good of a quarterback. He's not worth that contract. The Niners have to move on from him this season. I don't think he really has that bad of a of a cap hit as well with that dead, dead uh, cap space. So, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to be on a new team. Trey Lance, you're looking good this week. You're a winner in my book. Now, bringing on to a couple of the losers here. The first one it has to go to is the Baltimore Ravens. Because they have, yet again, lost... A one-point game. Now, they have a few of those on this season. Now, of course, their first one was a few weeks ago back against the Steelers. They lose by one point because that failed two-point conversion. Then two weeks later, they lose by one point because of a failed two-point conversion against the Green Bay Packers. And now they lose to the Rams. The Rams come back. Matt Stafford sucks every single game um, like over the last like three, four weeks until it comes to the fourth quarter. And then he's just the, the best thing since sliced bread, apparently. I don't know how Matt Stafford operates. Apparently, he's the most clutch. He's the clutchest quarterback in the league right now, um, mostly just because he's one of the crappiest quarterbacks in the league right now up until the moment he has to be clutch. Matt Stafford, I don't understand you. I don't understand what's going on right now. But the Rams are winning. The Ravens are losing, and they've just lost some tough games this year as well. You know, when they lost by two points to the Browns earlier um, this season, when they, um, man, it, it's it just really has not been a good year for the for the Baltimore Ravens. Whether it's come down to close games, whether it's come down to blowouts, whether it's come down to just missing the playoffs, you know, um, I. They're right there. Hell, um, you know, technically they could still make the playoffs, um, but it really doesn't look like they will. And also, it doesn't help that you know half the roster went down with injuries preseason. 
and then half the roster caught COVID at one point, and Lamar Jackson's been out. It's just been tough, and that's why, um, since they're just one game out of the playoffs too, that's why these losses have hurt even more, and it's just another reason why John Harbaugh should be right up there for Coach of the Year. I don't think he is Coach of the Year, but he's definitely right up there for that award. Now, we're going to hop into our overreactions here, and before we do, of course, always love interacting with you guys, whether it be on social medias. I'm mostly active on Twitter, but I still spend a lot of time on Instagram. I have no life, and I spend way too much time on social media, uh, but it's for you guys, so I guess that makes it acceptable. I, I really don't know, but of course, Twitter is at 4th Long Radio. Instagram is at 4th and Long Radio. Of course, you can find all the links over at the 4th but I would love to hear your feedback on this, whether it be who the winners are, who the losers are. Am I being a little harsh on these guys? Um, I don't know, especially when you're Mike Lennon and you now own the worst winning percentage in NFL history with a minimum of 25 starts. Oh, just not good. Um, am I too high on Trey Lance or am I a little bit off on Jamar Chase being offensive rookie of the year? I, I don't want to hear that Mac Jones is offensive rookie of the year. Quarterbacks get away too often. In fact, the guy that the only guy, in my opinion, that can compete with Jamar Chase right now for offensive rookie of the year is Chiefs center Creed Humphrey because that guy is the best center in the league right now. Walked in as a rookie. He's the best center. He doesn't nearly get enough attention for that. So give that man the respect he deserves. And I don't know how he didn't make a Pro Bowl. Once again, that's only proving that the Pro Bowl really is not that important of an achievement anymore. It just isn't. I haven't found really much importance in the Pro Bowl for like, I don't know, maybe 10 years at this point. It just, yay, Pro Bowl. Who kisses shit? Eh, yeah. <laughs> But we're going to hop into overreactions here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the first, uh, of course, if you guys don't know uh, how the segment works, I have three statements I come with up with, whether I've seen it over on Twitter, whether I've seen it on the social medias, anything around the NFL um, area, realm, if you will, or I come up with them on my own. Um, just taking a little look at some of these overreactions. We're going to take a deeper dive into them. Are they overreactions or is there actually truth to them? First one we got to take a look at is that the Cincinnati Bengals are the best team in the league right now. I mean, of course, they just beat the Chiefs. They knocked off the former 1C, the hottest team in the league, one of the best, scariest offenses, and a really solid defense that's been coming along there. And they go ahead and they just put up a crap ton of points on them, you know. Um, so the Bengals put up 34 points. That's a really solid performance. Chiefs defense giving up 34 points is almost like going back to where they were early in the season. I think they're averaging 31. Their offense was only scoring 30. So kind of around those same numbers again. And the numbers that obviously were not working for them. But not only do they do that, they now have the fifth highest scoring offense in the league at 27.8 points per game. The first team in the league is the Cowboys at 29.9, essentially 30. Right now, Joe Burrow has jumped up to fourth in the MVP race, according to the Vegas oddsmakers. He's at plus 1,800 to win. Definitely the best, probably the best bang for your buck at this point. Well, actually, that might be Jonathan Taylor. Um, Jonathan Taylor for MVP, yes, please. The only problem right now, though, is that their defense is still subpar. It's at the bottom of the league when it comes to yards per game given up or points per game given up. And if you take a look at their schedule, their record, like their wins, they have some solid wins, but their losses, they have some questionable losses. Like their loss to the Jets, their loss to the Niners, their blowout loss to the Chargers, and the loss to the Browns. Of course, they have a chance to avenge that loss in Week 18. Which they they if they lose to the to the Browns, um, I don't, I was gonna say a Baker Baker Mayfield list Browns, but honestly, we've seen with Case Keenum there might be an improvement with big, the way Baker Mayfield progressed this year. Is he out of Cleveland? I guess we'll find out soon. Definitely gonna be talking about that though. And obviously, they have some real competition when it comes to the title of best team in the league. The Chiefs are still right up there, even with this head-to-head -head loss. The Cowboys are still right up there. The Cardinals are still right up there. 
the Packers are the best team in the league. So, obviously, this team is going to go down is an overreaction. The Bengals are not the best team, at least not yet. They still have the chance. It's probably not going to be. I, I still out. I don't have a lot of confidence. Like, there's no clear favorite. There's no clear contender. There's no clear Super Bowl matchup. The clear, clearest one I do see, though, is the Green Bay Packers. With the way they've been performing on offense, with how good their defense has been, probably the best defense Aaron Rodgers has had ever as a Packer. So they're rocking and rolling there. But to be fair, the Bengals only lost by a field goal to the Packers in overtime. And of course, it was in the game where neither kicker could kick a field goal to save their life unless it came down to overtime there. So, overreaction, but the Bengals are a really, really good football team. Statement number two is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will not win the playoff game. Now, this comes off the back from them almost losing to the Jets, but first of all, New York, you guys suck, but you had a chance to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You had the chance to beat Tom Brady. Zach Wilson could have had a chance to beat Tom Brady. You're winning this game. You're winning this game. I think it was like 24-13. Um, could have been 24-17, actually. Uh, no, no. It was 24-14, I think. Let me... Uh, it, it was... The, the, the Jets were, were beating the Patriots. The Patriots scored 11 points in the fourth quarter. Um, the Jets scored zero. And so you were so close, man. You, you had it all, and you freaking blew it. Not just for you guys. Not just for the city of New York. But for all of the NFL... I guess besides those Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans, old or new, mostly new, you had a chance, and you ruined it for us. So first of all, I hate you. You guys suck. Um, you owe us money for this. I don't, I don't really know where I'm going with this one, to be honest. But taking a look at um, the Bucks. So, of course, they almost blew it. They scored like a 40-yard touchdown with 30 seconds left in the game on a, just a bad coverage play. Yeah. And the Bucks' run game was absolutely non-existent this week. They had 62 total yards on the ground. And it was Tom Brady bailing them out with over 400 yards passing. I think it was three touchdowns and one interception there as well. And that secondary is still suspect. It's been suspect since the beginning of the season. It's been suspect throughout the middle of parts of the season. And it's once again suspect now because they gave up 230 passing yards to Zach Wilson. And they didn't even pick him off once. So, just saying, just saying, um, most good teams and even the bad teams have been able to at least get one interception off of Zach Wilson. And the Bucs weren't able to do it here. But if we're going to be honest here, this is this is an overreaction. Because you take a look, let's pull up the current playoff standings. And let's see who the Bucks might have to face off. Currently, the Bucks are the three seed. So that could put them up in a game. Um, technically, the the so the Patriots going to have that bye week. Technically, they'll be the second. The Bucks will be the second best team in the NFC playing that day. So if you take a look right now, they're so they're on pace to play the 49ers, um, possibly the Eagles, possibly the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are probably the the hardest matchup there. But either of those teams, the Eagles are streaking. The Niners can be a really good football team as long as George Kittle and Debo Samuel are going at full cylinders, full steam. Um, George Kittle definitely is not full steam. He's one of the reasons why I lost my Money League championship uh, in fantasy football this week. So, George Kittle, you've been great to me this year. But this week, um, for this week alone, uh, thanks, pal. (sighs) It, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I am just disappointed. But the Bucks are going to the playoff game. Well, let's be honest. They have Tom, as long as they have Tom Brady at the helm, they're probably going to win the playoff game. Their defense is good enough to win the playoff game. Their offense definitely good enough to win the playoff game. Their rush game typically is good enough to win the playoff game. Obviously, they're hurting without Leonard Fournette. But I don't think that Brady is ever going to let himself just lose in the first round of the playoffs. I just don't think that's the thing that's going to happen this year. So, I'm going to call this an overreaction. But, I am still a little bit worried about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because there's not really a bad playoff team this year. There's not really like one of those weakest link playoff teams. So, almost no matter who they play, it's going to be a tough one.
But like I said, Bucks not winning the playoff game. Overreaction. Now the last one, I didn't. I guess I kind of like to talk about this guy because he is fun to watch. I hate to talk about this guy though because he plays for the Las Vegas Raiders, and that is Hunter Renfro. Statement number three is that Hunter Renfro is a top five wide receiver. Hell. No, let's up the ante. He's a top three wide receiver. Uh, uh, spoiler alert, both are overreactions. But with that being said, Hunter Renfro is a freaking beast because he's turning into one of the clutches wide receivers in the game. He came in super clutch for the Raiders against the Colts this week. He's one of the better route runners. He has some of the best hands in the league. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right now, he's tied for seventh in the league with 99 receptions. But... He's up there in 7th for receptions, but he's down 18th for targets. 7th in receptions, 18th in targets. That's pretty damn good. That just goes to show you that this guy, when he gets a ball thrown to him or around him, he's probably going to get his hands on that. He's probably going to pick up some yards. And right now he's 18th in touchdowns as well, but that kind of goes in the fact that he's... Compared to the top receivers, he's super low in targets. But if we're going to be honest right now, the best wide receivers this season, they're in order as well. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase. Yeah, absolutely. I will have Jamar Chase up there right now. Um, Yards-wise... I think Justin Jefferson might be first or second. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best talents in the league. He has been playing busy with a hamstring. Stephon Diggs has has been having a little bit of a down year, so he's not necessarily up there right now. So these are my top three. But, 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 Hunter Renfro is the most underrated player at his position, and he is one of the most underrated players in the league. I think he's only second. Well, well what's tough, though, is that it's... He's starting to get recognition, so it's hard to still keep him in this underrated category when he keeps getting recognition like this week in and out. Over like the last two, three weeks, I think it's when people really start to take notice uh, because they have to. I still think that the most underrated player in the league is Creed Humphrey, going off my rant or a little tangent earlier on the show, but Hunter Renfro, definitely right there, deserves a lot of respect. Uh, should have made the Pro Bowl uh, if he didn't already, and hell, he might be up there for all pro. Will he actually? Probably not. Should he? I don't know. Probably not. But it'd be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, boy. But those are overreactions. All three of them this week. Typically, it's not that. But all three of them were indeed overreactions. I do actually like to find a lot of truth in uh, some of them week in and week out. Um, Alex, my co-host, when he's on, obviously, he's um, been taking leave of absence um, for personal reasons, so no need to go into that uh, further than we really need to, but um, right now, when we do the buy or sell, normally, we're buying a lot of these, um, but we just run a little bit of rut this week, so don't worry. Be back next week. We're probably going to have something that seems like an overreaction, but actually has a lot of truth to it. But with that being said, we're going to move into one of the last segments of the show here, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to take a look at some of the biggest stories to come from Week 17 of the NFL season. One of the first things I want to talk about is Mike Tomlin. Because the Steelers had a big game against the Browns on Monday Night Football. They come away with that with the dub. Ben Roethlisberger's last um, game of his career at home in at Heinz Field. So a little bit of a feel-good story if you're a fan of his. Personally, um, I don't think I am. Uh, maybe not even just for the he, – he's a good quarterback and a little bit of weird stuff off the field. Also, I don't know why. He's a Steeler, and I've always just had, um, truthfully, a little bit of disdain for the Steelers. I can't it, – it, the Steelers are one of those teams where I don't like them. But I can't really give a fair reason as to why I don't. I know pretty much everyone has a team like that, a player like that, maybe a coach like that, where you don't like them. You can't necessarily, you don't really know why you don't like them, but that's just the case here. Uh, 
Yeah, no. Maybe it's the fans. They're yeah, yeah, their fans are pretty annoying, but I don't know. I'll move past that. But Mike Tomlin is has solidified himself as one of the greatest coaches of all time. I have no problem saying that. Because he has secured his fifteenth straight season or um not fifteen straight non losing season. This guy has gone eight and eight a few times. Uh they have the tie right now this year. The worst they can go is eight, eight and one. He has like one nine and seven season. And so one of the greatest things about Mike Tomlin is consistency. He's consistently consistent. You always know that the Steelers are gonna have um like eight and eight or better. They're always going to not be one of the worst teams in the league. They're always going to be at the top half, always going to be, um, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. They're never really going to be out of it. And in a league where you see teams rise and fall, rise and fall, rise and then fall, or it's just teams where it's just fall and they're down there, um, or a really quick rise and they're right back to fall, just like the 2015 Jacksonville Jaguars that made the AFC Championship game. How that happened? I don't freaking know it. Wait, no, was it 2015? No, it might have been 2017, actually. You know what Jackson was talking about. How they made it all the way to the AFC Championship game and got so close to beating Tom Brady. The Jacksonville Jaguars almost went to the Super Bowl in less than a decade ago. That's freaking crazy to think about. But then they dropped off the next season, and then they eventually hired Urban Meyer, and then they eventually fired Urban Meyer, and then they eventually, you know, they, they suck again. Oh no, we suck again. Uh, but Mike Tomlin, he's never sucked. He's always been good. He has—he's a Super Bowl champion. You know, back when the Steelers beat the Cardinals uh, with that toe tap in the back of the end zone, that is still. <laughs> there's still people today, albeit 99% of the people still talking about that and disputing it. Our Cardinals fans are still disputing it today, which is kind of crazy. Um, he's won the AFC Championship game twice. He's won the AFC North seven times. He's the youngest head coach to ever win a Super Bowl. And if you take a look at it, I think he's 20th in, in, in best win percentage of all time. But if you just take a look at the, the um, coaches that have more than 100 games, which is even that is kind of a small number, a small sample size, really, if you're talking about all-time greats. If you're just looking at coaches that have coached at least 100 games, he has, Mike Tomlin has the 12th best winning percentage with a .642. That's really good. I, I will, t I will, as a fan, I will almost happily take that every single season. And Mike Tomlin just about guarantees it. And he's worked through a lot of players. He's been through a lot of times. There's been offensive heavy sealers. There's the um, defensive heavy sealers, the scary ones. He, so many high-level players have come through that team you know of course the first ones that stick out to mind is Troy Polamalu you got Heinz Ward you got James Harrison who is just so freaking scary and I never want to see that man um, in the back alley because I will die and he will eat me then also I mean Ben Roethlisberger has been really good for a, a while you know he, he's he's been the face of the franchise deservedly so because he's been a good quarterback and I think the craziest part out of all of this, and one of the reasons why he deserves the most amount of respect, is just for his ability. We're going to talk about him. His ability to coach Antonio Brown for nine seasons and not only not have him go crazy over that time, well, going crazy on the field at the time, he, um, he didn't go crazy off the field at least, but he was able to manage... This uh, this guy that's blown into probably the biggest diva in NFL history, one of the weirdest cases in NFL history, one of the weirdest just the way player just based off the way they behave in NFL history. He was able to manage that nine seasons. Please don't let that go under the radar. Mike Tomlin deserves all the respect in the world for being able to do that because I don't think anyone else has been able to. Even uh, what people call a Hall of Fame coach in John Gruden, 
Um, in my opinion, he's the most overrated coach in NFL history. I've had this you know, before this year and last year. And when that when he signed, remember when the Raiders signed him? Um, that the then Oakland Raiders signed him to ten years, a hundred million dollars. If you didn't immediately think that man, that sounds like a really bad contract, then I don't know what was going through your head there because that was one of the I said at the time, that's going to be one of the worst contracts that the Raiders are ever going to have. That's easily one of the worst contracts in the league. And would you know, it turned out to be a useless contract and one of the worst contracts in the league because they didn't go to the playoffs. They sucked as a team. And then they, he gets fired earlier this season. Oh, boy. You know, uh, commitment to excellence is a statement or is a is a, a little mantra from the Raiders that hasn't been viable since, was it the 70s, the 80s? Um, I guess you can say that they got unlucky with Tuck rolling back in, was it 2001? But, hmm. Hey, um, I guess now Vegas, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna, I don't know, get back to that because <laughs> I haven't seen that for a while. Um, excellence, excellence, definitely does not have anything to do with the, uh, how that team has looked, and I love how I'm getting onto a anti-Raiders ran when I wasn't really talking about them, just shows how good Broncos fan I am, I guess, and we'll just leave it at that, but, uh, let's get into things here, because I want to fully delve into what happened with Antonio Brown on Sunday. Now, it, it, it was... A lot more cut and dry in black and white before you know the end of the game because I mean I'm sure all of you guys have seen the video now uh, I don't know how many of you have seen the video of Mike Evans trying to stop Antonio Brown from leaving of course that's up on our YouTube you can go check that one out um, fourth long radio on YouTube or link at the fourth but Mike Evans trying to stop him from leaving apparently the and then just let's break it down real time of what we saw. We saw Antonio Brown having a little bit of a freak out on the sideline. He takes off his shoulder. He takes off his helmet, takes off his shoulder pads, throws it on the bench, takes off his shirt, throws in like, I think maybe gloves too, throws into the crowd. Then while the game's going on, he's jogging to the locker room, you know, do his little hop skippy thing, peace sign up to the crowd. And then he disappears into the um, tunnel and we never see him again until a picture pops up on social media where he has a little suitcase. He's dressed in his post-game attire, apparently waiting for an Uber to the airport because the um, Buccaneers weren't, they, they didn't fly him back, obviously. He was, um, reports are that he was asking the state troopers for a ride to the airport. Interesting stuff. All right. Um, at least he's trying to be resourceful. I guess we have to put that into effect. But then it comes out um, that, I think it was according to Bruce Arians, that the whole dispute that Arians told him essentially to leave because Antonio, he, he tried a few times to, to tell Antonio Brown, get into the game, go do what we're paying you to do. And he just outright refused to, to do so, um, claiming that he was too injured to play. And that is where this whole situation really gets muddy because as of recording this at least he is still the the Bucks said that they were done with him but technically still under contract by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so but the Bucks still own his rights they haven't dropped him yet and I think that's because Roger Goodell might have phoned them up and say hey um unless we want to have a total PR nightmare possibly let's take a chill pill on the whole cutting Antonio Brown because if these statements are true that he was actually injured and the Bucks are trying to force him to play, then that's a completely different story. That's a completely different scenario. And that's a scenario that can really get the Tampa Bay Bucks as an organization and possibly Bruce Arians as a head coach in trouble. Because we all know the injuries and player safety um, has taken a whole new meaning and importance to the game over the past, you know, four or five years. It, it's one of the hottest and most um, fought-over issues when it comes, you know, the the players' union, when it comes from the media, when it comes from the players themselves. So obviously, you don't want to force a guy to play if he's claiming to be too injured. But if he's wasn't showing that all at practice, if he wasn't showing that pregame, if there weren't really any reports going into the game that Antonio Brown was 
you know, too injured to play. Then that puts the blame on Antonio Brown, maybe just trying to come up with an excuse to not go in. So you can see there's going to be, an, there probably as we speak right now, there is an investigation going on to see what the actual truth is. But the only problem right now is that I'm having a really hard time actually believing Antonio Brown because this dude is just gone batshit insane over the last couple of years. Just because was that the whole cryopod incident with the... The, the burn feet, right, where he couldn't practice because of that. The helmet issue, actually, as well. That was another one. There was probably a money issue. Um, there was when he was on the Patriots, and was it this off? Well, then there was the fake Vax card where he got ousted by his chef. So, of course, we were talking about then. What did he do to piss off his chef? I'm still asking that question. What did he do to piss off his chef for him to snitch on him? Um, also, I'm just kind of stupid. Why would you tell people that, uh, first of all? Why would you try to, if you're trying to hide something, you probably want to keep it a secret, just, you know, an idea out there. And then also he was the one throwing furniture out of his house in the off season, apparently, um, almost hit like somewhat of a person with it. Um, so with, with how crazy Antonio Brown, his, kind of devolved into the last, you know, four seasons, um, maybe three, it's really hard to, 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 to believe him with this kind of stuff just because he's not a trustworthy worthy person. He's kind of crazy, all right? There's obviously not something, something is not right up there, you know? So it's, I, I am going to put my trust in a good and well-renowned head coach like Bruce Arians, then I am going to put my faith into Antonio Brown. That's just the way it is. And, but that's also Antonio Brown's fault for the way he's been acting the last three seasons or so. He put himself in this situation. Obviously, it's a crazy one. I, no one has ever seen this before. So I would love to hear you guys' reactions to this whole Antonio Brown um, situations because I just want to know what you guys were thinking because I saw this. So I was like, ah. The only problem is, I sounds like, oh, you know what? That actually kind of seems like Antonio Brown thing to do. Um, so it was a surprising thing, but if you know you compare it to everything Antonio Brown's done, it really isn't that crazy of a situation if you're going to be honest here. But the real question is, can Antonio Brown still make the Hall of Fame even with all this crazy stuff going, and it still has a chance just to get worse? And long, you know, long answer short, it's yes, Antonio Brown can still make the Hall of Fame, all right? Because, it, it, at least in my opinion here, you have to take a look back. There's a, was like, six, seven-year stretch where Antonio Brown was clearly the best wide receiver in the league. He would just take the roofs off of defense. He could return punts. He could spar the kick punters in the face. He could hug onto goalposts in the end zone. But this guy was a phenomenal route runner he was always open he had great hands he had crazy breakaway speed you could put him on deep routes you could put him on middle routes you could put him out for wide receiver screens he could do it all at his position he was really really damn good for a good meaningful chunk of time like seven years that's a meaningful chunk of time that's longer than most people are even in the league on average all right so if you're going off of performance alone and to me I really think that, like, you know, obviously it's not a, a black and white rule for me. It's subject to change. But overall, I feel like whether you're going to vote someone into the Hall of Fame or not, it should be based on what they did on the field and based on their performance and their play, their skill level, their dominance, their how good they were as a player. These off-the-field shenanigans, this poor teammate stuff, obviously, it's going to factor in for most people. And it should factor in a little bit, of course. But overall, the main thing that voters should be taking into account is how good they were at playing football. And for how long they were, you know, how long they were playing football at a high at the highest level the highest of high levels
Antonio Brown was that guy. He was that guy doing it for an extended period of time. He was the most feared receiver in the league for a meaningful period of time. And Antonio Brown is a Hall of Famer for that. And he's one of the all-time leaders in yards in touchdowns and receptions. He's up there with some of the best of them. The only reason why we wouldn't be thinking he's a Hall of Famer is because of how crazy and his antics have gone into over the past three seasons. That's the only thing holding people back. If none of this stuff ever happened, hell, even if he just dropped off as a player, he still would be making the Hall of Fame. One guy that is the best weight and the best thing to compare this guy to would be Terrell Owens. Uh, I think it's a poor comparison because a lot of people call Terrell Owens a diva. Honestly, I didn't really mind his antics. I still don't, and I still don't really think it was that huge of a deal. Um, and they obviously were nothing compared to what Antonio Brown has been doing. But it took him a while to make it into the Hall of Fame purely because people took into consideration what he did besides just his performance. First off, stupid. It should not have taken Terrell Owens that long to get into the Hall of Fame. It should have been in the Hall of Fame a while ago. So, the voters messed up there. At least the NFL Hall of Fame voters are nearly as stubborn, as stupid, just to be honest, as MLB or the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, voters. These are also the ones that don't like to unanimously vote someone in first ballot for whatever reason. I, 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 that's another thing why, why I find really annoying at baseball. The voters there suck. All right. But Antonio Brown, end of story. He's good enough. He, he definitely will not be a first ballot. That, that's for sure. But eventually, should he make into the Hall of Fame? I don't know if he will. But he absolutely should. And I know I'm probably, you know, I'm sure a lot of people don't agree with me in that statement. So, of course, please let me know whether you drop in YouTube comments. Um, hit me up on Twitter, on Instagram, or best of all, leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can also leave in the comments over on Rumble if that's more a taste and not YouTube. But Antonio Brown, end of, end of the day, he's a Hall of Fame level player. So, if you're a Hall of Fame level player... You're, you probably should make it into the Hall of Fame. That's what I'm going to go with there. But, you know, like I said, drop your comments, drop your thoughts, because I'm sure a lot of people um, out there, uh, I'm sure a lot of you actually uh, agree, but I'm sure there's a good chunk of you that also disagree. So please, I would love to hear your reasonings as to that. We can have a little conversation, of course. I love that stuff. But one of the last things we're going to hop into here before we end things off with the name of the week. We had this brand new segment last week. We got it again, ladies and gentlemen. Ross's recap. My three top moments of the week. Three highlights from this week that really can either tell the story of what this week was like. Or just three of my favorite moments, quite frankly. And most of the time, that's what it's going to be. So... The first thing I want to talk about, we're going to stay talking with Antonio Brown. A lot of you guys on this video have seen this already. Uh, it, I, I've been watching a lot, so either here you're going to get to see it again, or if you're watching for the first time, just just, just take a look and, and just try to embrace what you're about to see. Antonio Brown is not even in uniform anymore. We just had this scene on the sidelines of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brown, no helmet, no shoulder pads, takes off the undershirt, throws it into the crowd. Remember, they're on a road game here. And Antonio Brown, well, the video speaks for itself. He Obviously. Really weird situation. We've talked enough about Antonio Brown for you to give me, for you to hear my thoughts on him in this situation. So we're gonna kick things over to my next highlight of the week, and that absolutely has to go to Jamar Chase. But it wasn't for one of his 72 or 69 yard plays. It's way in the end zone after one of those. Check this one. Going deep again. Going deep. It's Chase, and it's broken up. By Ward, Jarvarius Ward, great job at defending that. Hurting himself, sacks, penalties, hard stop. And he's going toward the end zone. Chase, I'll take that. Touchdown, right over Ward. I love this right here. You saw the big throw down the field earlier, didn't 
obviously is a defender. If you're gonna, you know, try to clown someone, I guess, use a little move, dance on them. Uh, if you give up a play like that, you're probably gonna get danced on as well. And Jamar Chase, man, I love it when players do that. When you know, to reciprocate the trash talk, that's always fun in my opinion. Jamar Chase, textbook case right here. You've a nine out of ten for for that celebration. Now, the last thing I want to show you guys is what went down on Monday Night Football. We saw Najee Harris with a fantastic stiff arm, but I think Nick Chubb did better than him. He uh, at least him with a very, very nice rebuttal. Check this one out. Try the left side. Good forearm there to shed a defender. Got Miles Killebrew out of there. That's just the same play, the other direction, exact same play. And you mentioned, Nick, oh gosh, we, we, got, we got two backs that you better, you better bring something when you go to tackle both Najee Dang. Harris and Nick Chubb. Now that stiff arm, it wasn't as good as the one we saw when Derrick Henry put um, the Bills defender his faces into the ground last year. Uh, that obviously was uh, Josh Norman. That's right. It was Josh Norman who he embarrassed. Um, and that one's been on our intro video, of course. So that's one of my favorite highlights from last year. Nick Chubb definitely up there. Not as good. But, man, did he just embarrass that Browns defender. It um, Or, excuse, not the Browns defender, that Steelers defender. Obviously, probably not a good look. And if you're that guy that got stiff-armed, it's going to be a tough day in the film room uh, come Monday when you rewatch that tape. But there it is. That's the Ross's recap for the week. Let me know what you thought about those clips. But, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to cap things off here with, of course, none other than the Nene of the week. And the Nene for this week, the winner of this week's award, is going to go to the guardrail at FedEx Field, because, dude, you're not doing your job, or at least if you were doing your job, but very poorly, and it almost turned out really bad for Jalen Hurts, I know it turned out bad for a cameraman, it turned out bad for a few fans, well, maybe not actually, because I don't think anyone really got hurt, in fact, they got a chance to, you know, hug Jalen Hurts, um, one guy did get kicked by a photographer, so... That whole situation was so funny, you got Jalen Hurts repenting a very great letter to the Washington football team about what they're going to do with that rail. Then, of course, in Washington football fashion, not only does your stadium, I think that was the stadium with, like, the sewage leaks going on, dripping out to fans. You had this guardrail breaking now. It's just a cursed franchise, but, you know, I thought the culture was good, though. thought the culture was good, though, Dan Snyder. Still, <laughs> sell the team. Sell the team, please. No, I should have done that a year ago, uh, two years ago, maybe even three years ago. Who knows? Um, sell the team before you, you change the name because I, I I think we're in for a treat, whatever the hell it's going to be. In two, two, February 22nd of 2022, I think that's what they're going with. Uh, my picks on the Admirals. I would like the Red Wolves, so um, that's going to be an interesting one there. But then there's reports come out. So FedEx officials, so uh, organization officials say that those fans received medical treatment but then those fans said no that's a lie we did not receive medical treatment um or like medical attention so maybe a smaller name of the week award goes to the washington football team just for being constantly um trash as an organization but ladies and gentlemen that's going to do it for us this week for our nfl week 17 breakdown of course we covered a lot of topics here whether it be jamar chase's dominance the most underrated player in the league is creed humphrey bar none antonio brown hall of famer mike tomlin first ballot hall of famer all right but uh let us know please drop all your thoughts whether it be on the comments on youtube over on rumble hit us up on our socials twitter instagram and um, you, best of all, you can leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. And before I sign off, of course, if you're seeing the lovely shirt, if you're watching the video right now, you get to see, uh, of course, not only on YouTube and Rumble, but also on Spotify as well. We got videos on there as well. So, super cool, right? You can see the fantastic Tri-Blend t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. Just trying to show it off to all you guys. If you're watching, if you're just listening on audio, it's okay. You can just go see this fancy stuff on YouTube. 
if you really want to look or the best place to find all this especially the certified banger collection is at the forward slash apparel then behind and let me move the other way behind my noggin over there hanging up on the wall is our highly anticipated finally here pre-orders going on right now trucker hats is the um 30 bucks a pop which pretty reasonable given that most of those hats you find nowadays, especially, you know, embroidered ones, are like 40, 50 bucks a piece. It's ridiculous. We got to steal. It's going to keep your head covered. It's going to keep your head, I mean, I guess marginally warm. Um, there's circulation in the back. So, um, I'm not saying these as facts, so I can't get sued, not liable, whatever, whatever the hell you want to say. Um, don't sue me. Just um, pre-order the hat instead. That would be a lot better. And you can also do that at thefourthlong.com forward slash apparel. Check our interviews that come over with um, Team Alpha Male head boxing coach Joey Rodriguez. Check out our, our talk with Steve James Irvine. We got a lot of stuff coming out. We got a award show coming out. If you're a footy fan, this has been a great week because you're getting three new shows this week. We're kicking New Year off with six shows dropping in the first week i love you guys and of course one of the best ways if you really want to support the show is not only uh, merch is a fantastic option as well because it helps us and helps you but of course another way you can help yourself by helping us is by going on over to patreon.com forward slash fourth long and starting just one dollar a month you become a donor there and you get access to behind the scenes contact merchandise uh, deals a bunch of fun stuff and it goes from one to five to ten dollars um, a month so please uh, go ahead check that one out and a huge shout out to our biggest supporters there um, shout out to biggest patreon donor ray rodriguez for all your car collecting needs go on over to instagram follow at the big bat box and also check out every other friday card songs drop our newest series on the channel um car collecting is a huge hobby it's only getting bigger so you might as well if you haven't gotten to it yet it's time to because whether you're advanced or just a beginner we got some great stuff whether it be the best ways to find deals how to get into it the um the new trends and also cards for specific sports that you need to get your hands on so go check that one out but also huge shouts to ryan watson and neil wiley ladies and gentlemen whether you're in the snow you're in the sunshine hope you've been enjoying winter and we'll see all of you in the first ever week 18 of the nfl season